Welcome to the Feminine Truth Podcast with Mary Miranda, a place where you can reconnect with your wild, cyclical, and fierce truth. I am Mary Miranda, a mentor, guide, healer, and intuitive coach. I guide women on a journey of remembrance, reconnection, and embodiment of their inner feminine truth and power. Join me each week to tap into raw, unedited, and unfiltered sacred conversations to help women tap into their inner feminine truth and power to become bold, unshakable, and apologetic in who they truly are. Let's jump into today's sacred conversation. Welcome to another episode of the Feminine Truth Podcast with your host, Mary Miranda. Today, I am so honored to interview a wonderful woman. I'm going to tell you how I met her and everything, but her name is Rebecca Joel. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so excited. So honestly, I really don't know exactly how we became Facebook friends. I'm not sure how, but I'm so glad we did. And I remember I was just scrolling through Facebook and one of those days I had anxiety and then I saw a post you were offering this beautiful gift uh, to a few women who had been through domestic violence and abusive relationships. And at the time, something came up last year that I was navigating something similar around that from a previous relationship. So I reached out to you and you just offered me the opportunity to have a session with you. And it was just amazing. Your gifts the work that you do, I, I'm like, I'm getting goosebumps because you're gonna make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it was like, oh my god, this woman, it's like a true healer. She, you have like so many, you have so many different healing modalities that you offer, but you were able to tap into some of my core wounds, some of my stuff that I was dealing with that. I kind of was aware, but that just brought it up more to the surface. So after a session, I felt, yes, I felt so liberated. I felt so, look at that. We often get them at the same time on the calls too. Yes. Yes. And it was just like amazing. It was just like a one hour. And after that, you sent me a little summary of what I was, what you tapped into. And after that, I was like, okay, I'm like, this is so amazing. I felt just amazing. Like, more like I could finally breathe. <laughs> oh so my gosh, such chills. So <laughs> oh my God, I'm so glad we connected. Yeah, I feel like those connections are divine. You know, when you feel it in you, you oh, I got to reach out to this person. And then it's just like this divine, like it's meant to be type mm-hmm. energy. Yeah, and I think it came to the point that before I had, I always struggle asking for help, you know? And I think, um, it's very humbling when you surrender and you're like, I cannot do this alone. Like I need someone's help. And when I read that and I was like, even though I'm out of that relationship, obviously I still have things that I'm still navigating through it because those relationships after domestic violence, uh, toxic, those type of toxic relationships where there's emotional, psychological, verbal abuse, it can be very detrimental and we carry and carry it carry it on for years, months. So when you offer that, I was just like, that is exactly what I needed. And I actually didn't even know that you went through that. So can you tell us a little bit how you got here to be this freaking amazing woman who has so many gifts, who's living probably the life that many women look at you and they're like, Oh my God, I want to feel like that. I want to be in her energy. How did you get here? 
Well, I guess the short story of it is I left a domestic violence situation in 2016 and I, I, um, I had a difficult childhood. I had an abusive childhood too. So a lot of women who, you know, it's like a cycle. And as much as I tried to be intentional about who I was marrying and I didn't, you know, I was like, no, my kids are not going to go through that. And they didn't go through that. Um, but you know, there we go. I ended up in an abusive marriage and I had an abusive childhood, but I left that marriage abruptly. And, um, just, despite my upbringing, like I, I went to Berkeley, like I went to Berkeley, like that was amazing. A miracle from, from where I came from, a very poverty, abusive home, single mom, raising kids, my mom, um, went to Berkeley, got a master's in public health. So when I left abruptly, I was raising my two little kids and I was, uh, I was homeschooling them at the time, but I was looking for jobs. I could like, I couldn't get a job. <clears throat> with my background and the whole purpose was I was trying to avoid walking in my mom's footsteps in that way because she didn't go to college. So I was like, okay, I go to a Berkeley, I'll get a master's degree before I have kids. And so this won't happen to me. <laughs> and it happened to me and then I couldn't get a job. And I was like, what the heck? And it was very frustrating. And so then I, I went to, I actually went to, I first learned my human design and started to embody that. And that was so transformational. I do readings for people and I integrate that into my, my work, my healing work, um, because having that kind of background, you're in like a perpetual state of anxiety or depression or both, or you're, you know, going back and forth, um, or you're in fight or flight. And so you're not making these best decisions, right? And you're up in your head a lot. I didn't know like what a yes or no felt like. People talk about hell yeses. I didn't even, I couldn't feel that in my body. And so human design was like, that was the first transformational step for me where I felt into my gut. And then I started to, I really started to feel it. And it was just like, wow. And that was the beginning, beginning of my awakening. And I got trained in it after I got a reading. So I was like, this has been so transformational for me that I want to do this for other people. And then I saw a uh, naturopathic doctor who uses the similar tools that I use now. And so a lot of my anxiety and depression, I mean, it blew my mind. Like on the first session, he's like, you have a spell on you or a curse on you. And I'm like, I don't know if I went to the right person. I don't know what he's talking about. You know, I wasn't ready to buy into it, but yeah. I had been referred there, strongly recommended to go there by other friends, multiple people. And so I trusted them that this was, this was going to work. And it was the peeling back those layers. And this is exactly like what I do with women, like women come to me and they want to know what's my purpose, or, um, I want to be more in touch with my intuition, but it's like, first we have to peel back like the fight or flight. We have to peel back the anxiety, like the reasons for that, the depression, maybe you have past life trauma. It's not, I just got chills. It's not just this life, you know? And it's like, maybe you inherited you took up these beliefs, these subconscious beliefs from your parents, from your ancestors, and you're carrying that around. So it's like, I went through some of that with him. And then I had this great awakening when I was trying to find my purpose. And then I got trained in theta healing. And at the time, and that was right as the pandemic, it was just starting, I guess, in 2020, I was in the middle of like, I was recalling past lives. I mean, I was having spirits trying to connect with me. Like I was seeing lightning flash on my bedroom ceiling. I was seeing spheres. Like, I mean, I was like this, it is like the dark night of the soul where all this <laughs> crazy, and I don't even want to call it crazy because I want to honor that, you know, because what I went through and my awakening was just, it was amazing. And I had a Kundalini 
rising. And so the theta healing, uh, I took that and that connected me to source. Like it was so easy for me. Like I would get up there and, you know, we did some of that in our session where we did belief work Yeah, and it's, it sounds crazy to like tell a client like, yeah, I'm going to hear your subconscious beliefs. And I don't, I just need their permission. And I hear, you know, like if they've got anxiety or if they've got, um, uh, any kind of like health problem that hasn't been able to be healed in the traditional way. Um, I can ask like, how many beliefs are they holding that are holding this pattern in the body? You know, like what are the beliefs behind their anxiety behind driving or their phobia It's like fear is a big one, you know, um, fears of all kinds. And I I'll hear those beliefs. Like it blew my mind when I took that class, it was just like so natural and so easy for me to do it. And, um, then I hear the replacement belief and with the permission of the client, then we change those and it's instant, you know? So then I, I just got trained in a number of modalities, a lot of like metaphysical things that we pick up from other people, um, energetics, everyone, you know, most people have heard energy vampires. Well, that energy can stay in your field. Um, and you know, like when you walk in a room, you can feel the vibe or, you know, how you feel around a certain person, but you know, most people don't realize that vibe can stay with you for years you know, if you allow it in on a subconscious level. So I started to just like, I couldn't find a job. The universe wasn't supporting me because I was meant for something different. I was meant for what this work that I do. And it blows my mind. I have a two line in my human design. So it took me a long time to recognize after so many people telling me this is like miracle work. Like, how are you able to do this? Like, and they're crying on the phone. And, um, and it took me a lot of time for a two line, you know, you have to have it reflected back to you. Like what you're, abilities, what your gifts are. And so it can be kind of hidden for a two line in human design. And that's the case for me. It took me a long time to recognize, oh, I think I'm, I think I'm good at this. You know, I think I'm helping people. And, um, and then I started to do mediumship work too. Like I just noticed like signs from spirit. Like I was like, oh, like if people could just like take a step back and see what they're drawn to or see what's showing up in their life. Like spirit talks to us in like an infinite languages, right? Um, I was listening to this song repeatedly and it had to do with this. It's like a Mumford and Son song, but it's about this person that passed over. And then I was, I just got chills. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then my friend's dog died. And one moment I felt like I'm like cooking dinner and I feel like uh, this dog trying to connect with me. I never met the dog but instantly I got a feeling for their personality. Um, and I was like, what the heck? And I, you know, in the beginning of this like spiritual awakening, it was scary, overwhelming because no one understood what I was going through. I mean, I was developing all of these gifts. I had premonition dreams when I was younger and they started to come back and it was like, and I very, very detailed dreams. So all these abilities and everything came back. And I, Theta healing, being in that group and being, I got connected with other people. Um, it was, it was good just to be in that supportive space, but I just, it took a while to like, so the, so the mediumship, sorry, I, I tend to take tangents, but the dog connected and then I got freaked out. What the heck? There's a spirit, you know, and I knew exactly what it felt like. And so it's like the phone died and then the dog tried to connect again, a very persistent, energetic feeling of the dog, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, it's trying to connect. And, you know, I was so new to it that it was like, yeah. what the heck is happening? <laughs> because like I took, and then I was like, okay, I think I should take a mediumship class. And I took a class and this is all just natural. The two lines is natural gifts. And I was like, okay, maybe I should take a mediumship class. And I took this class 
to learn how to be a medium, not realizing that I already had the abilities. And the woman's like, sometimes it'll feel like a hand on your shoulder. Just close your eyes and see what happens. Like that was the level of instruction. That was it. So I was like, okay. And I felt the hand on my shoulder. And then this whole image of this man at the train station with like West, like country boots on, like this old train station, right? Look at the clothes, the jeans he was wearing. He's holding like a briefcase. He's got a hat on, a cowboy hat on. And I'm typing chills, typing this to the instructor as well over Zoom. And uh, I was like, does this ring a bell? And I'm so like, I don't know, am I imagining this? Like what, how did this just suddenly appear? And it's in my third eye, you know, it's not like this person's in my kitchen. And, uh, and she's like, yeah, you're on the right path. Like, how did he die? And I see him go like this. And I was like, oh, it's a, oh, I'm getting chills nonstop as I'm talking about this. I feel like sometimes when I've connected with a spirit before, even though they're not my family member, if I talk about them, they'll, they'll be in my space. Okay. Um, so then I knew it was a heart attack and she's like, yeah, that I know exactly who that is. And my mind, I mean, I was bawling. I was like, Oh my God. It, feels like, it just feels like such a gift to like, uh, it, to connect with the other side. I mean, they're here, so it feels weird to call it the other side, but, um, yeah, so it's been an amazing journey. So I've just been following, you know, and the, um, the science from spirit and, you know, working with most, mostly women, I started off doing both, but, um, yeah, so that's more or less my <laughs> kind of a long story, but yeah. No, it's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. So I, I've always wondered how women get this psychic, psychic abilities and uh, are able to like, like cross over through other realms or other dimensions, or how do you start trusting yourself that what you are hearing, seeing, feeling is true? Like for someone that's, that's, never even thought about it but they do have the gifts like you have the gifts already they were just not tapped into how do you feel was it through this theta healing modality that you took that your gifts were awakened or how what how it how did it happen this is something I am like so incredibly passionate about because this has been my journey um I mean in all honesty like as a kid I had these gifts abilities I had a premonition of a relative. I was at the funeral and it was a very vivid dream. I still remember it. And um, I knew it was that knowingness that that person was, was, was dying or had died. And then my parent, and I had a premonition about a tornado that we were in the middle of it and everything. And that happened. It's like, I had, my dreams were premonitional dreams. And so, and my parents trusted me. So that encouraged my gifts more because they knew they were ready to book a flight. And we went away for the weekend. They came back and they were listening to a voicemail. And I'm like, that's them, isn't it? It happened. And they said, yeah. Oh and the God. person had passed away. Um, so up to current time, when I, for, from my personal experience, like being in an abusive relationship, it shuts down so much of yourself. You're just shrinking to this. And that's part of the journey for so many women, right? Is to be in these like narcissistic or abusive relationships so that we can be whole after that, you know, and find our healing and find our purpose and be strong and not shrink anymore and say, F no, no more of this BS, you know, <laughs> like I'm not here for this anymore. Cause you shrink so much that it's like, there's not much left of you. Um, 
so that, so when you're in that abusive relationships, like you're not going to have like access to intuition or you're not going to trust it, you know, because you've been shutting down so many parts of yourself this whole time in these relationships. And the same goes for like, you know, I, I, my experience with female friendships, you know, and, and so many times women were trying to be friends, were trying to be supportive of me when my intuition was telling me something. So like, for an example, like, you know, if you're online dating and a guy doesn't message you back and your intuition is like, I'm going to drop this guy. Like, this is not worth my time. I feel like he's moved on or, or you're dating someone and they're not texting you back on a regular basis, you know, and your intuition's like something doesn't, I don't know. I think I'm just going to bounce. Like this is not working. You know, I don't feel, and your friends in their way, their supportive role will often say like, no, it's probably nothing. Like, you know, like, I'm sure he's into you. He's probably just busy with work or whatever they say. But that, if you allow that so much, then you're trouncing, you're trumping your intuition, you know? And so we have a lot of that, whether relationships with men or women. Um, And I would say that like, with the intuition, like surrounding yourself with people who support your intuition, who don't second guess, because if you're constantly allowing someone else to second guess your intuition, then you're not going to listen to your intuition. You're outsourcing your decisions. You're outsourcing your, you know, you're outsourcing yourself to other, everyone around you. You're crowdsourcing, you know, and the only source, you know, is you and God, universe, um, source, whatever goddess, it's all the same to me, whatever term you're comfortable with. Um, so it's like the more you outsource, the less that wisdom, I think it still comes through, but you're blocking it because you're saying, no, what everyone else says is more important than what's coming through me, you know? So I think like getting to a point where like, you're just not going to tolerate, you cannot surround yourself with people who are going to second guess your intuition. You know, you set boundaries and be like, Hey, I'm really trying to develop my intuition right now. And I would really appreciate it if you can encourage me or support me and, or whatever. But if you, you know, it's also just like, I think a lot of this has to do with self, just a level of self-awareness. It's so much bigger. It's like a lot of women just aren't in their bodies. They're in their heads. So if you're not in your body, you can't feel in your body. This person doesn't feel good because you're so used to holding on to that feeling for years. You know, you're used to being around people who don't feel good. That's your baseline. Um, so just being, being in your body. Like I, part of my awakening was tango dancing because it's this close and blues fusion because it's, you can't be in your head you have to like follow their, you know, their minute movements and it's a partner dance. And it's so much different than just dancing by yourself. So like, just, I would encourage women to be in their bodies in some way. And it's also just like, it's another aspect of this, like feeling your emotions. So many times we like, that's another big aspect of it. We push away our emotions. They're uncomfortable. Or we've been raised in uh, families that have frowned upon it. You know, Oh, don't be a crybaby, or you need to be strong or, you know, because they, I mean, the Red Panda movie just came out, right? And that, I don't know if you, any, you or your viewers have seen that, but it's like, I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's huge. I stopped so many times to talk to my kids about this. You know, we talk about this stuff all the time, but it's like, no, like she's going to, at the end of the movie, she's going to be accepting that Red Panda. Like that's her healing is accepting all of herself, you know, and all of yourself is your connection to spirit, your higher self source, not just like, giving all these pieces of yourself away to everyone around you every time you want to make a decision. Um, 
and you know human knowing someone's human design like i really wish that like every client that came to me we would work you know more than just like these one-off sessions you know like one-off sessions can be helpful but like knowing your human design like i do human design readings but embodying it it took me like two three months to embody it and then it can still get shut down you know like my sacral the reason why i wasn't feeling her yes or no is because it was shut down for so many years i felt numb down there like i didn't feel my sacral authority like i didn't feel you know like it's like a lot of us have this emotional suppression yeah so it'll show emotional suppression will show up as like well you're not in tune with your intuition or it's going to show up as some physical disease you know so yeah my advice my encouragement my invitation it would be to like know embody your human design it would be like being in your body somehow surrounding yourself with people who support your um your growth you know, like your spiritual journey, your intuition, not people who are going to second guess it. Cause then you're second guessing yourself all the time. And, and then also just like silence, like so much of our day where like is noise, you know, like I play music all the time, but I, I know that I get messages through the lyrics. Um, it's really funny. Like it happens all the time with my kids. <laughs> like the titles of the songs it's so funny we'll be talking about something and then it'll happen in the movie that we're watching oh my god that's and it's so just cool. fun it's fun like when you can start to like play with spirit that way and you can recognize but like having silence i feel like you have to allow space for those messages those feelings those whatever intuitive hits downloads to come through you know and most of us don't set aside time and it doesn't have to be like sitting in meditation like generators um Maybe it's a walking meditation. For me, it's like I get a lot of my downloads in the car with really loud music on. Yeah, me too. I cannot like, get them when, like a lot of women get them like while they're showering. I'm like, I don't. I, I have to be driving in the car with music. That's when I get my channeling. When I, I'm like, oh, something wants to come through. Yeah. And that's when I write uh, my post or something. Yes. It's always when I'm driving. So I always have like voice notes ready. So whenever yes. I do something, it's always. Same. <laughs> and I would say that, and I don't know if everyone does this for human design readings, but looking at your environment and your human design is like so key. Like mine is the cave. So of course, like a car, you know, and then I'm a generator. So being close to an engine and then the music, like, I think just like puts you in that blissful state so that you can be open to receiving more messages, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's, yeah. I don't, I don't want people to think that like, I mean, when I went through my waking, I wasn't meditating every day, you know, I was connecting to source, like to practice theta healing and changing my own beliefs as I was working on other people, but like meditation may not be for everyone, you know, like maybe it's a walking meditation. Maybe it's a walk in the forest. Like I get so many downloads when I'm in a forest, I talk to trees. I put my hand on a tree and then I'll, and I just started doing this with my kids during the pandemic. And now we do that every time we go on a hike and at like, you can feel a pull towards a tree and I guide my kids to, we just put a hand on there and we just clear out our mind and allow a message to come through. And it's, it's source. I mean, it's no different than sitting there with the meditation, but it like, you know, it's like different things work for different people, you know, to access that wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. You said so many wonderful things. I wrote so many things that I want to talk, I talk a lot. Sorry. No, no, no. This is perfect. I need people to talk a lot. <laughs> this is how the conversation gets flowy because you say things and then I want to respond. And I was like, okay, we, this conversation can go on and on. Like I can. I, yeah. I can take your time. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I love it. Thank you so much for being so open and like sharing so much wisdom. Um, so one of the things that you did say you started with, and it's the truth, is that when we get into those relationships that are not good for ourselves, like the toxic, narcissistic, like when you're codependent, the other person's narcissistic, or, you know, like those very like verbally abusive relationships, which I was in for like five years. And when I remember when I started dating him, like it was like my third abusive relationship, but the other two were not as bad as that one. It's when I would get something, I would feel something like, no, this guy, like there's something going on with him. Like, no, I just felt like the nudges that no, I needed to run away. And I would gaslight my own self by telling myself, talking myself out of it. And then he, of course, started gaslighting me, started saying, like, I would find things out and he would just like make me feel like I was crazy for thinking that or that I didn't see correctly, that I didn't read correctly. Yeah, yeah. So I, it got to the point that I would be crying and I, I'm like, I feel crazy. I don't know what's true. And I got chills because it, oh, oh, it got to that point that I felt I was crazy. I wanted to get into a mental hospital because I didn't know what was true or not true. I lost my sense of reality. And that is so sad that it happened. But it did. And I kept gaslighting myself like, no, like he's good. He's just going, you know, denying the reality that I was living because I was just trying to escape and I was trying to just gaslight myself. And I just got farther and farther and farther apart from my own intuition and my gut feelings and what I was feeling. And I just, it was like self-abandonment. Yes, self-abandonment for sure. I myself for so many years in that relationship and I remember that the day that I left, I was like, I'm done. I'm leaving in 2015. And I left and I started reconnecting with my body. I started getting to know myself again. Like I was like, I don't even know what I like, what I feel, right. what emotions are. I was yeah. angry for the longest time. I didn't even know what anger felt like. I thought it, I was just sad. I was like, no, I'm angry. Like I was so disconnected with myself. And it's so true what you said that when I found human designed, I, I was already reconnecting with myself with my womb with my body but when I found human design I learned my intuition like it's my sacral it's in my sacral chakra but I also have an open solar plexus and I also have a different <laughs> spleen so I have this triple thing that sometimes I need to make sure my emotions are not I'm not absorbing someone's emotions yeah. and that's affecting how my gut's responding and also like yes. I have to be careful with my defined spleen so it's like this dance you know but it in all like when I learned my human designs and I was like okay it's a sacral yes and there were some times like I got married because it was a sacral yes it felt so good and once I was in the marriage I realized that I didn't want to be in it anymore that it was not aligned for me anymore. And I was like, I was so confused because I'm like, but it was a sacral yes. Like I knew I wanted to marry him and I saw a future and I know I could fall for him and I could like, like him and all of that. But once I was in it, I was, I went through this really hard time that I'm like, but it was a yes, I don't understand. And it was just like this confusion that I felt I was so upset at myself. I'm like, did I not tap into my sacral correctly? Did I not listen yeah. to my intuition? And I was like, no, it was the right decision for me. 
And because of that marriage, I heal so much stuff, especially around my parents and religion and things like that. But when it was no longer a yes, I walked away from it, you know? So it's been this dance of um, constantly for me is a daily dance of reconnecting with my body, with myself, with my intuition, learning to listen to myself. So it's, um, it's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's, Oh, that's so beautiful to like witness you share that story because you're, you have experienced so much growth and so much like evolution to be able to like communicate about that journey from such a higher space. Yeah. You know, and like your solar plexus, like that's so true. Like I have an open one. My son has an open one and I'm just more vulnerable to like picking up energies from other people and negative energies. You know, like when I went to my naturopathic doctor in the beginning of my awakening. And I, I use those tools now for other people. Cause they've been so helpful for me. Like, like anti-anxiety meds weren't working for me. They were giving me extremely horrible, terrifying nightmares. You know, like, I mean, they weren't working. Like I tried, I tried two different ones. Nothing was working for me, but like removing entities, you know, work for me, you know, like removing like energy vampires and like other metaphysical stuff, because I picked that up. And now it's, now it's that self-awareness, like it's, ah, I just want that for every woman to like have that self-awareness so you can recognize, is this mine or is this belong to someone else? You know, and instantly just feel that like dissonance in your body. Like there's a dissonance. What is it? What, where is this coming from? Who did, who came, who, who did this come from? Um, yeah. And just to have that awareness, cause then you can be more in control of your, uh, your energy, you know, your sovereignty, you know, your, yeah. And so people can't pull the strings. They can't manipulate you because you're like, no, this doesn't feel right. Like I was like, I was taking Prilosec. I think that's the name because I was feeling like a ulcer type nauseous, sick to my stomach because from all the stress of going through an abusive marriage. And then I was dating someone who was narcissistic and I was feeling sick to my stomach. I don't need to take that stuff, you know, like now it's like, oh, ooh, ooh, this does not feel good. And I honor that. I respect that. And then it's like self-love over the self-abandonment, you know? Yeah, it's so different because our bodies are constantly trying to send us messages and we just press <laughs> it and deny it. So like when I was in that relationship, I kept getting like my arms especially this area and my tricep and bicep area and my quads, they would get hot, hot and burn. And I would be in so much pain and I never knew. And then I would get like horrible period cramps. And then I would yeah. have all sorts of health issues, got issues. Yeah. And I was not paying attention. I didn't know it was because my body was in survival mode. My body was so dysregulated from my nervous system. Yeah. I was always in fight or flight and I was yeah. always worried. I couldn't go to sleep. I was taking, kid you not. I tried so many herbal supplements for sleeping that I, nothing would work. And I would take like five pills, like of herbal supplements. The dosage was like two pills. I'm like, no, we're going to go extreme. We're going to do five. I cannot, I could not go to sleep. I could not go to sleep. 
And I kept getting all these different gut issues and health issues. And I would, I went to like four or five doctors, nobody would find anything. You're normal. And I would be crying. I'm like, no, I know there's something wrong with me. I don't feel okay. I feel toxic inside. I feel unhealthy. I, and I'm like in fitness and nutrition, you know? So like I had this dissonance and disconnection that people thought I was so healthy and fit, but I felt sick inside. And I didn't know it was from all this disconnection with my body, with myself, yeah. with my intuition, denying yeah. my truth. I got chills denying, denying your gas, truth. Yes. Gas, gaslighting myself, self-abandoning yeah. myself, like yeah. all these things that kept me there. And I kept going back to him multiple times. I left and I kept going back to him. Yeah. You know? And then I think that's when I was so angry at myself. I had so much anger and I didn't know it was ultimately was anger at myself for going yeah. back so many times, knowing how he was knowing all the betrayal, all everything. And I just kept getting sick and sick to the point that at the end, I was like, I lost my health and my memory changed. Literally I was driving today and I was like, Oh my God, like my memory is not the same. Even the simplest letters or words I struggle sometimes remembering the spelling when I was so good at spelling memorization and everything my memory has changed you know so it's it's a lot that people don't understand like what happens after leaving those relationships like we don't see what we're so disconnected from our bodies and ourselves that we don't really see the damage that we are doing to ourselves but once we're out like everything is just like, oh my God, like, you know, all my health, health issues. And I do believe like I ended up, I do have endometriosis. I had a surgery for, cause I had a fibroid that was nine centimeters. And then I lost an over years ago. So I had all these reproductive issues. And I was like, I really believe mm-hmm. all my health issues, especially gut issues because of all the stress and anxiety and your nervous system always being dysregulated and in survival mode. Right. So now I'm kinder to myself. I'm like, it's okay. Like I didn't know that before. And I'm like trying to heal my previous versions that were in that relationship. I'm like, I wish you would have known to leave, but you didn't. It's okay. But it was all part of the process. Yeah. I'm like, we're going to heal. We got this. We're going to heal together. Don't worry. I got you. I'm here. Like I talked to my like 31. Oh my God. The inner child like stuff is huge. Yeah. Yeah. So right now it's like, I'm still navigating healing my gut. I still have gut issues. Mm -hmm. My endometriosis it's, it's good. Uh, my periods are, this is why I do a lot of womb healing. I do a lot of period reverence. I do period rituals and everything just because it's helped me reconnect to me as a woman to honor me, to not abandon me anymore. And it's also helped understand, help me understand that staying in those relationships really, really, really took my health issues to another level. But they're also like, my personal belief is that these are contracts too. Like, I feel like, you know, they, they are a gift. These jerks are a gift, (laughs) you know, because it's like, we find our strength, we find our inner power. We find, we find out how to heal ourselves. It's not just about nutrition and exercise, you know, then we're like, wait, something else is going on here, you know? And when I do like the self-forgiveness piece, like, oh my goodness, like that is, that is huge because it's like, we're going through this pile of crap (laughs) over and over and over. And then we take it out on ourselves because we're like, Oh, why am I allowing this? Why am I doing this? You know? And then it's like, 
ah, that's so not good for us, right? Like when I do Theta Healing, I always start off a session with, with downloading feelings to people so they're more open and receptive to a healing so I can change those beliefs. And one of them is, one of the downloads I do frequently is self knowing what self-forgiveness feels like. And often it's like, I feel such a resonance or people will be crying when they, when they hear that, you know, and then I download it to them. And it's like, it gives them like, we all need, like most people need more like self-forgiveness, more self-love, you know, give ourselves permission to like, oops, we made a mistake and we learned from it. And you know what? That was actually part of the plan. Surprise. You know, like these jerks that were in our life, like, look at how you are and who you are, like compared to like, you're just sharing your journey. I mean, it's amazing. You know, all the things you've gone through and to have that insight and all the things that you've learned in order to heal yourself so that you can now share with others. Like, that's like my version of superhero, you know? (laughs) No, thank you. That's so, that's such a good way to put it. And for me, it's always been like, they were my messengers. They were, they brought medicine to me that it was painful I needed to understand those lessons. And I highly believe that he was part of like a karmic partner from a past life. And in this lifetime, like he needed to come back and teach me something, which was like, like honoring myself and choosing myself. Totally, That's been a wound, not being chosen has been a huge core wound of mine since I was little, like since I was like probably eight, seven, I cannot even remember. So that's been a lesson that I have to, I had to learn in love and relationships, choosing myself, choosing myself again and again and again. So it's, it's been wonderful. Like, and they were, they gave me so much medicine, so many lessons, like that guy who I had a toxic narcissistic abusive relationship with my ex-husband who he, I, it was not an abusive relationship. It was just not a, if a, we were not aligned in so many ways, but he's still an amazing, a wonderful man. And I wish him the best. And he just brought so much medicine that was very painful to me, but I needed it. Yeah. And at the time we don't see the silver lining. We don't see how this is going to help us because we're so much immersed in victim mentality and this happened to me and it's not fair. But I had so much anger. And like, you're right. When I started listing, I was like, I can't forgive him. And I'm like, I need to forgive myself first before I ever think about forgiving someone else. Right. I just, and the biggest one was I had to forgive myself for going back so many times, knowing how he was and allowing myself, putting myself back in that container when I knew what could happen. And finally, last year, I completely detached from him in body, mind and soul. It's no longer a I have no feeling toward him. So I believe that I finally completed my lesson with him. Mm-hmm. And it took years after I left him for that to happen. And I had to be in contact with him last year and realize that he's still the same. Yeah. Still the same. And I just feel so liberated. I was like, okay, I was meant to talk to him and be in contact with him last year and interact with him for me to finally understand a lesson. And a lot of times, you know what? Something that I'm at three, five in human design. So I am here for trial and error. Right. immerse myself in things so because I know I'm gonna learn a lesson so I know right. I see that's myself. so awesome yeah <laughs> I always put myself in situations as a line three because I know I'm going to learn something I know it might be painful but I'm like 
once I learn this lesson, I'm going to be able to teach it to someone else. Once I embody right. it, sure. I transform, I can show someone else my process, how I heal from it, because I'm a three five. That's what I'm meant to do. So when he and I had contact last year, like inside of me, I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm going to get ready. I'm consciously choosing to be in contact with him again, because I know something's going to come out of it. And he did. And that's when I found you after it happened. That's when I found you. And I was like, okay, this is it. So I believe like, probably you helped me complete that in one way or in the other, like that finally closing that book of my life, you know? And yeah. So the tools that I use, I, I mean, I first use them on myself, you know, and I, and I benefited from them and they help heal me so that I'm like, Oh, I can use these on other people. And part of that was like the really, I had a very similar relationship and like clearing contracts is a big piece of it, you know, or clearing beliefs that keep you tied to that person or gosh, like this person I was on and off with, I think there was like 15, 16 past lives. Wow. You know, that's a strong connection, you know, and I still feel like there's um, a psychic connection on like a different plane. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just opening the doors to like parallel universe and multi, you know, like lives happening at the same time. Like I'm trying to open my mind to that because it's more and more of that it's like coming into my orbit. But yeah, so there's some of these connections that they're really, they're really deep, you know, they're really, really, really deep, you know, like you've got a lot of past lives, you've got a lot of contracts, like and they're coming after you because, you know, they keep, you keep having a back and forth because you owe them or they owe you yes. contracts. Yes. That's and what so I, I check for all that. And, you know, I do that with the karmic clearing, but um, it's powerful. Like it's, um, you know, it's, it's hard to, you, it's hard to have your, just your human on board and then your self punishment when you don't realize that there are like, there are bigger, bigger energetic pieces at play that are, you're just playing out this karmic thing, you know? Until you release it, you're going to keep having that magnetic pull. So what are some of the signs that we have a karmic uh, partnership or we're dating someone from a past life? Is it like repeating the same situation? Is it keep coming back and coming back to the same type of uh, dynamic? Like, is there something that can like we as women can like tap into if we experience that? that I mean, I can speak from personal experience. I mean, it might be different for everyone. But it's like it. When you feel this just like zinging, like more than butterflies when you meet someone and you're just like, Oh, you know, I mean, my whole body rattles around this person. And like, even just like, I mean, and I'll, Oh, my goodness, I will just uh, see them around town, we'll be driving side by side on the freeway, will show up at somewhere at the same time and place like, you know, those kind of like, you're just constantly running into them. Um, you just feel psychically connected. Like I haven't had this experience with anyone else, but with this person, um, I, I can feel them thinking about me. I feel them looking at me on social media, even though they've been blocked or, I, you know, you'll have dreams about the person, like very vivid dreams. Um, I don't know what other experiences you've had, but it's also just like this on and off thing, or you just feel it's a magnetic pull and it's really hard to break that. You know, you just might be thinking about them, but are you thinking about them or do they pop into your head because they're thinking about you? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when you get like a, 
when you think about someone, like most people have had this, when you think about someone and then you get a text message for them. Oh, how funny. I got a text. No, no, no. It's real. It's not just funny. It's not crazy. It's real. And I've gotten so in tune with that now. And it's like, I think about someone, someone pops into my head more accurately. And then I'm like, ah, okay. So that person is, and then I get an email from that person or I get a text or I get an, or whatever, you know? Um, so that's, that's part of that self-awareness piece is like knowing like, your emotions, your energy, like the other day, like I had this experience where I've never had this experience before, but I felt like I was being watched. And this is like for healers and psychics being on social media is just a little tricky, you know, cause you're opening yourself up to energies. And so yeah. someone was spying on me and I, it's like, a, it was like a mediumship feeling, you know, I feel spirits connect with me, but this was different. I felt like I was in a crystal ball and someone was spying on me, like energetically remote viewing or something. And it was like, holy crap, you know, and I know, and I can feel it. I'm like, nope, none of that. You're being cut off. Like you're being, you know, and then I can figure out who it is wow. um, when you get down to it, you know, so then no one can mess with you, you know, like when you're just like so in tune. Um, so with people, we're just more psychically connected. You can feel them thinking about you. You can feel their feelings you know, and it just, it's kind of maddening. Like you just like you, it, it, it can feel like a, you can't stop thinking about them. Like every day you're just thinking about them. It's obsessive thoughts, you know, yeah. and it's so annoying, but you don't really have control over it. Well, you do, you know, if you have the right tools, but it's like, it's kind of, it can drive you crazy. Yeah, no, I, I do believe that was exactly the dynamic. A lot of what you said with my ex, um, when I say ex, I always refer to my ex-narcissistic boyfriend, um, because even if even if after we broke up in 2015, I could not stop thinking about him. I constantly would find myself like going to his Instagram. I blocked him, like he was blocked, but I would find a way to <laughs> to stalk him for a little bit, you know. And he was doing that too, I'm sure. You know, it's probably, like but the weirdest thing that ever happened is that every time he would get into a relationship, I would have dreams about it. But my dreams were about me trying to warn the girlfriend how he was. I was not going to do it in real life, but it was always this dynamic of me trying to talk to her, telling her how he was and her not listening to me, but me trying to rescue, save her, you know, in a way. But that's like your not, higher self trying to rescue you, right? Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. But I know I was not going to do that. I was not going to go and reach out to her and be like, hey, yeah, sure, sure. Right? You know, because I believe like we all have to experience our yeah. journeys and nobody yeah. can save you from anything. You have to live your own journey and walk your own path. Yeah. So, but it was just always so weird me trying to do that. And I'm like, Oh my God, like what's going on? Like, why, why can't I let him go? So finally last year I was able to let him go energetically. I don't think about him. I have no feelings toward him. Mm -hmm. I don't hate him. I don't nothing, nothing. It's yeah. like nothing. And I'm like, yeah. Like I cried when the first time I felt this because I'm like, I never thought after a decade that this day would come, that I'm completely detached from him. Free. And it's the most yeah. liberating thing. And I'm like, I'm finally able to welcome a new person in my life because I have no emotional attachment to any men in my past. 
not even my ex-husband. I also have done my work, you know, but things still pop up, you know, I'm pretty sure like once I'm back in a relationship, things are always going to pop up, you know, yeah. If, sure, you know, sure, sure. yeah, things that you think you have healed, but then, you know, something yeah. triggers it. It's yep, okay. Already. Totally. But it's such a beautiful space to be where there's no attachment to anyone from your past. Like emotionally, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And I had, I went to so many healers <laughs> um, and I was just told, oh, just cut the cord or envision like a gold knife in between the two of you. I'm just like, eh, in my experience, that's not enough, you know? And so then I went through this whole process of like learning to trial and error, what worked, what didn't. And it was a lot of these like karmic contracts and maybe there's beliefs. Sometimes there isn't, it's like unique to each person, but it's like, Yes, you can cut the cords, you know, when someone, but that's sometimes just not enough, you know, to like, oh, just cut your cords and envision they're right in front of you. And I'm just like, no, it's deeper than that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So when, when somebody like a client of your comes to you and you help her, um, it, let's say it's a karmic like relationship or someone from your past life. So you do clearing from like karmic contracts, like vows commitments that you've had in a past life so you clear all of that so what happens to her transformation after that well sometimes the other person will reach out because they can feel on an energetic level that it's been severed wow so i warn them and that that often happens you know but it but the obsessive thinking stops you know and that's like such a relief you know when you like every day (laughs) this obsessive thinking and you can't get them out of your freaking head Mm-hmm. because they are thinking about you it's like we're all energetically tied they're just like this um what is that song like invisible string you know like I don't know what the song is about but that makes me think of like these energetic chords that we have to people it's like when and we're courting people when we accept friend requests on Facebook you know we are picking up on someone's energy, not just in person, but like when someone exchanges an email, when someone sends a text, you know, we are opening our energy field up to whatever, you know, you can be psychically attacked through an email. That's what I try to like help my clients understand, but we're have these invisible strings, you know, and it's like, when that's been severed, the guys like, they can be totally dense and just like not, they're like 3D guy, right? They're not 5D, you know, they're totally unaware. They're not awake, you know, they're just like, mm, I don't know what you're talking about but they will feel it and then they might reach out, you know, but then, then you're, you're coming from a place of like neutrality, like you were describing, like where you don't have this like obsessive thinking, you know? So it is, what do they feel like? It's like relief, you know, they, they don't, their brain can be freed up to think about their own success, their own growth, you know, not this like doofus of a man who couldn't show up for them, you know? (laughs) So, yeah. Mm, it's such a good place to be because a lot of us don't um, don't understand that we have been in survival mode for so long and we're so wired like I'm still like I still get anxiety I still deal with depression and all of those things so for me it's always like coming back to my body coming back to my body and feeling that peace again feeling like before our podcast interview like I had like too much in my mind, too much in my mind. So I was in the shower and I just closed my eyes and I just completely literally imagine like my thoughts and my feelings just washing away through my root chakra to the ground and everything. And I just felt like so much at peace. I was like, it's an everyday journey for me, everyday journey. I don't know how it is for you, for your clients, but for me, it's like 
every day. It's every day. I mean, right now, like as a collective, we've been through so much trauma, you know, for like the last couple of years. And like, to be honest, like I'm going through personal stuff that's like very, very stressful um, for the last several months. And so it's like, every, it's an everyday thing where you can't just like, do, you know, energy hygiene is like really important to me. Like I taught a class last fall mm-hmm. and it's on my website. I need to like, that's the whole technology. Like I can look into past slides, <laughs> but technology, I just don't like, bleh, I have to deal with that. Yeah. Um, but you know, we've been going through a lot of trauma and so it's not like you can do energy hygiene just like once a month, you know? And it's like what you described, it's like, it's beautiful because we all have, you don't have to do things a particular way for them to work. You know, like I cut cords, but there's like a million different ways to do it. You know, all it takes is intention and attention and visualization and just watching that go down the drain. I mean, that's beautiful. You just developed your own like tool, you know, that other people can use, you know? Um, yeah, it's an everyday thing. And for me, it's like energy hygiene, like every day, like energy hygiene. Yeah, I do my rituals every morning. I feel like something's missing if I don't. Like I start my day at the gym, always working out six yeah. days a week. And then I come home. Generator. You're ready. You're ready. <laughs> and then I do self-reiki. I do my self-reiki. I do my meditation, mm. my journaling. I pull a card and that's my thing. That's what roots me. That's what grounds me every day. And then I just feel so like at peace. And throughout the day, I go throughout the day. I get anxiety. I like, I'm constantly tapping if I feel an emotion so it's like every day, it's not like all day I'm high vibe. Like, I don't believe in that. That's bypassing my emotions and what right. I go through every day as a woman, I'm cyclical, I'm wild. I, right. I'm a whole fluctuate. human. I'm not just compartmentalized. Yeah. I fluctuate. I go through so many different archetypes and versions of me every day. So every day, it's always every hour, but it's not like I'm always like, like watching me. No, it's like whatever. I'm, t- I'm so connected to me that I know when I'm off. Yes, energies off. Oh, that's so beautiful. And but one of the things that I have not even thought about is this energy hygiene protecting myself from online people. Like I always, when people when I get requests, I look at the picture and I know whether to accept or not because I can feel their energy. But what are some of the ways that you advise your clients and that you that has worked for you for protecting ourselves from like online or even the, through email that you're saying? Yeah, I, I mean, cutting cords morning and night, like whatever routine, whatever language you want to use with intention, attention, visualization. I mean, I have my own routine. I did a whole course on energy hygiene and I do like for metaphysical stuff. I've got like a chart of like 50 different things that I check for people. And like the top three things that I find on people, energy, vampires, entities, and psychic attacks. I go over all of those in my energy course because I want people to, we all need to be able to do this for ourselves, you know, because if someone, I mean, I've had clients just repeatedly come back to me and they're repeatedly picking up these energies from other people. Um, And I think that we all need to be trained in that. So like the basics for people would be cord cutting morning and night, because even while you're sleeping, you're astrally, like you're connecting to other souls, other people, right? Um, or maybe entities or whatever. So morning and night, like cord cutting. And I like um, Donna Eden's, I don't know if you've heard of Donna Eden, but she, I, I teach my kids, my kids and I do like a zip up. You start from, you act like you, or you pretend like you're holding like a zipper, basically from your pubic bone, And again, with intention and focus and visualization from your pubic bone all the way up to underneath your lip, 
and that's a meridian, their central meridian. Um, she does like a, she does it three times and she spreads her arms out um, to like encompass your whole aura, but I just do zipping up. Um, so cutting cords, zipping up, um, and some people might, you know, they might feel comfortable like doing like a bubble around themselves or an eggshell or whatever. Um, sometimes I might do that, but I don't want to do that unless I know that I don't have anything in my field that I don't want to in my bubble, you know? So for energy hygiene, I just like to clean off like anything that doesn't belong to me. So like when you have, you know, with social media, I mean, it's like, I've been psychically attacked on there. And so I'm just like a little timid about like posting or just like you, you might put Reiki uh, symbols. I don't know if you use Reiki for your posts. So I they go it. to the right people and maybe put a veil over it for, you know, the people who are not meant for that message, you know, like it's, it's like magic, but it works. Um, and in, with intention. Um, and also just like when someone, and I'm sure you've experienced this, we've all experienced this. Like if you get like an angry message from someone being a solar plexus, open solar plexus, you'll feel rattled, like really rattled, you know, like your whole body is just like, what the frick, you know, and you've just absorbed a frequency and whether that's a psychic attack, it could be like an energetic, like knife in the back. There are other things that I check for that people will just like, you know, send their negative energy towards you. And if you're open, then you're, you're in the, you're in that field, you know, it's in your field. And so someone might come to me with like shoulder pain and I will figure out like, well, what's going on? Is this emotional based or is this metaphysical? Oh, it's metaphysical. Uh, okay. So how long has this, wow, this has been with you for three months or whatever. Like you got an argument with someone three months ago. Who was it? Was it a guy? Was it a woman? Oh, it was a woman. Okay. Did you get, whoa, this was through email. You know, like I can get down to the minutia of like, and who this person was like, we can muscle test and go to, if we wanted to do that, you know, especially if it's like a recurring issue with someone and they're picking up stuff, you know, the client comes to me, we clear everything off and they're like, oh my God. I've never felt so calm and at peace. The anxiety is gone. And then three days later, they're like, why do I feel so anxious? Or why do I, you know, I was feeling great, but now I'm, I'm like, well, who have you been hanging out with the last few days? And so we'll figure out who they were hanging out with. We'll muscle test. Well, you picked up this and this and this from this person. Um, so before you get on Facebook, before you write your post, before you open an email, before you open a text, zip up. You know, and if you feel rattled in some way or upset or dissonant, you know, in some way where you're not calm, someone's, someone's interrupting your chill. Like they're, you know, do you know what I mean? Like then it's, you've picked up something and we need to get rid of that because that can show up. Like, I am not kidding. Like this stuff, like energy vampires, psychic attacks. Like I have seen like women come to me with thyroid issues that started out as like a psychic attack, like years ago. So it starts out as like an energetic thing and then it shows up as a physical thing. So we can finally pay attention and go, I need to heal this. And so they go to all the doctors. This happened with a woman in her twenties. And I was just like, she should not be having thyroid issues. What's going on? Two things. She had a past two past lives where she was decapitated or her throat was cut in some way. And I told her that, and she goes, Oh my God, I've always had a fear of someone cutting off my head. And I'm like, you realize that not everyone has that fear, right? <laughs> you know, but she was living with that fear and it was because of a past life, like chills. 
And the other thing was she was being psychically attacked by her mom. Like a lot of these things we pick up are from our childhood or from people in our family or people in, in the now that resemble family members. And that's how we allow them in. So it was psychic attacks, repeated psychic attacks from her mom because her mom's not dealing with her own crap, you know, and projecting her own unhealed self onto her daughter. Um, and her, she goes into the doctor and the doctor's like, what have you been doing? We're going to have to reduce your thyroid medication. I don't know if she shared with the doctor, like, oh, it was psychic attacks and past life healing, you know, but I, my mind was blown. You know, I was like, okay, I get it. This works, you know? So yeah. So for energy hygiene, cutting cords. And when you feel rattled like that, you've picked up something from someone. Like when someone cuts you off on the road and it and they're flipping you off or whatever, you know, and there's that like rage, that energy, and you're just, you feel attacked because you have been attacked. And it feels like a anxiety, like anxious, rattled feeling in your body. And you can pick that up and take that along with you for days and not even realize that like, you know, you have a spiraling, like suicidal thoughts episode and you don't realize it was because of the guy who cut you off the other day, who put energetic stuff on you. Cause you can't make that connection. If that makes sense. It's like out here, sometimes we need someone to like, give us that perspective. Like, Oh, this was something happened to you a few days ago. What, what happened? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause a lot of times we're in autopilot. We don't really notice yeah. And we don't protect ourselves. Like I've never even thought about all of this that you're sharing. Um, And something happened about a month ago. Um, I finally, like, I never really talk much about my ex narcissist anymore. I really don't. And I haven't really shared that I had contact with him last year. Um, Just because I chose to keep that private for me because I needed to learn. I needed to go back to find out why I could not let him go, you know, so I am so happy that that's over. But about a month ago, I started getting attacked on TikTok. And I don't know if it was him. I don't know if I'm pretty sure it was like, it was like smear. Like someone commenting? Smear campaigns, you know, the flying monkeys. Um, I'm pretty sure it was some someone that knew him well, because they knew a lot of stuff around my encounter with him last year. And they just started saying that I needed to have a real job and stop stealing people money, that I'm a liar, that I need to, how come I haven't shared that I, like, I was back with him and things like that. And they just started like really, really trying to ruin my reputation and things like that. And I was just like, who has the time to create fake accounts to attack someone? And I just remember that after that, I cried, of course, because I'm like, I you know, like I am so at peace with myself. Like I don't even think about this guy and now I am getting attacked and they said so many other horrible things. And then I'm, and they even said things like, I don't even get along with my family. And I'm just like, so like, what is the purpose of you like commenting, you know? So after that, I sat, I, I sat down, I journaled, I did my Reiki and I felt so much better. But I've never really thought about like when posting, protecting my post or protecting myself and things like that. And then it got to the point that I'm like, you know what, if they comment again, good, fine, they need to get it out of the system, I have nothing to hide. 
And I don't have to share what I don't want to share. You know, it's like, I'm not entitled to share. And just because I share a little bit of my story with him from the past, because it's a lot of women connect with that. Like, you know, right now that we talked about our experiences in abusive relationships, so many women that are going to hear, listen to this episode, they're going to connect with us. So we share our story. It has nothing yeah. to do with the other person. Yeah. For me, it's, like, it's not even about him. I've never said his name. I will never ruin his reputation or his job. He has a very visible career job. I, I don't care about him whatsoever. I wish him the best, whatever. But for me, it's like, like, it's about me. It's my journey, what I learned, how I healed, how I can help other women so they can resonate with my story. But now that you're sharing all of this, I'm like, okay, I'm going to protect my post. And I usually say, I hope this reaches the right person. I hope this reaches the right yeah. person, but I have not been super intentional. So I'm going to try the Reiki. And yeah. Reiki the post. Yeah. Yes. And then and I've I been psychically attacked on Facebook too. I mean, it was really ridiculous. Um, and they wrote, they got on my Facebook page and wrote negative reviews. You should not hire this person. She's terrible or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, do I need to go to a lawyer or something? Cause I'm not going to stand for this. Someone trying to bully me, you know, like, I don't want to go legal right away, but that's, I was like, wow. I'm like, what is this showing me right now? You know? And it also just like, it wasn't just them posting these false reviews to damage my, my reputation. It was them psychically attacking me. Mm-hmm. which harms me energetically, emotionally, physically, if I allowed it into my system, you know, but I felt it right away. And I was like, no, not of that sending it back to the sender, you know? Yeah, sometimes you have to do that. Um, I just think that so many people, we all need healing, but so many people are acting from autopilot wounded, they don't even know. And I'm just like, you know what, I am not here to anyone to validate my story to tell me yes what happened to you Mary is true no I'm just sharing my story I believe what happened to me entirely I validate approve my own self I don't need anyone else to do it but for so many people it's just it just amazes me how somebody has the time to energetically attack someone psychically attack another person and like, and then we just, what, most of us have sloppy energy hygiene, you know, like we're just doing that without, like, we just get, I mean, all of us are guilty of that. We get pissed off at someone and then we're just like, Oh, oh that bitch or, or whatever, you know, you get, <laughs> and then, and then you're just like, you're throwing darts at them, you know? Um, but other times, you know, like I have been, it's, it's done with more intention, you know, they're doing a ritual or something because they want to harm you or whatever. Um, but you know, we're all unhealed in some way, you know, and we're just, we're all kind of plodding along in the best way that we know. Right. And like, as long as we, like, you're doing such a solid job, it's like, we don't want to put our energy towards that because that's an energy leak. You know, we need our energy fully for ourselves. you know, so we can be whole and, and, um, it's not healthy to like, you know, just, we want to pay attention and have intention of like where we're putting our energy. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, we don't want to give our energy to people who are hurting us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I love the work that you do. I love how you help women peel back the layers like an onion. <laughs> and right. Then, right, literally. So many layers. And, yeah. and then help them find the roots of their situation, their health issue, why they don't feel connected to themselves or sabotaging, whatever it is. So like when somebody comes to you, what is the first thing that you navigate them through or when somebody wants to hire you 
um, what is it like, how do you start like working with them? What is the first thing that you help them with? Well, the first thing I help them with is just offering them a space to share their story. You know, um, we talked a little bit earlier. It's like for you to see my post is one thing to resonate is one thing with my post, but to just feel like you can be safe and vulnerable with another person and share your story on in an intimate way. Like that's like the first 15, 20 minutes of my session, you know, someone who can actually hear them and it's a safe space and I'm not judgmental. I've been through tons of crap in my life and the women that come to me are often going through those same things or they're healing from those same things, you know? So first and foremost, it's just like the safe and vulnerable space because they haven't had that. They, they're having suicidal thoughts and they, they feel like they can't talk to anyone about that. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, every, every session is unique. It's totally unique. And so, but oftentimes, like if someone see me for the first time, I will look at the metaphysical because we've all picked up stuff and sometimes for lifetimes. And some of us, you mentioned archetypes earlier. It's like, that's one of the things I do in my sessions is that we've been living and we are living a primary archetype. And so for me, one of the biggest, biggest healing was that I was living the victim archetype for like 20 some lifetimes. And so I would wonder like on a smaller level and a bigger level, like, why am I getting treated like this? Like, why is I walk in and the door gets shut on me or, you know, like all the little things add up. And it was just super frustrating, but you can shift that, you know, with the Akashic records. So that's one of the things I do, but like every session is unique. And so I'll start off with the metaphysical and clear that. And that instantly makes people feel better because they don't have, that takes away like most of the anxiety that takes away like a lot of the, you know, the depression, the mood issues. So then we can get to the other things. And so it really depends like with each session. And I'm, I don't ever claim to do this work alone. I can't do this work without spirit. You know, like I, I call on my whole team, creator, source, my ancestors, angels, like I call on all of them to do each session. And with each client and each issue I'm asked, I asked to be guided on how to best heal them. I might have some idea in my head, but that's not the best. That's not necessarily the best way. I might have some idea and then I'll go to source. I'm like, Oh, you know, I've got a few minutes left of the session. And usually people come to me with like a dozen different things, you know, they've been like hurting for a while and it's finally come to a point where they have to do something about it. Cause it's like the relationships, it's the money, it's the health, it's multiple health issues. Like, and I try to pack in as much as I can in one session. And so, you know, if I have a few minutes at the end of the session, you know, I'll ask source, basically I'll connect what's the best way to use this time. Maybe they need channel messages from source. Maybe they need to hear something, you know, like their heart can take in and they're ready. To, you know, what's the, I ask source if I have enough time at the end of each session, like what is the message they need to hear most for their highest and best good? Is the, and then I'll feel, is there another one? Yes. Okay. So what's that message? Okay. So I'll share that with them. Um, but each session is unique. So I'll use all my tools and it just depends. And I'm just, I'm just like the dry, I'm the source is the driver. I'm the passenger in the car. You know, it's like, I am being guided on how best to help this person. And so I just follow guidance and, you know, use my tools to help them the best way I can. Mm -hmm. It's very intuitively led, whatever. Intuitive. I might hear messages like, you know, if someone comes to me and they've, um, they've got some health issue. I'll ask like, is it emotional? Is it belief-based? Is it metaphysical? Oh, it might just be a blend of those. 
Is there a message this person, you know, needs to hear about this health issue? And I'll hear like how old they were. You know, recently I worked with someone, it was like, oh, they're, I'll make, I'll make an example. I don't want to use true clients here, but you know, they're five years old and you know, what's the message that they need to hear? Oh, they were, they felt unsafe in their surroundings. They moved a lot as a kid. Okay. So that's what this had to do with, you know, and a lot of issues that people come to me with, it's like, they were really young and they interpreted the situation as a child would, you know, like they didn't get what they wanted or whatever. So that means they're less than they're not worthy or whatever feeling they took on as a result of whatever interaction that was. And then they've been carrying it through their whole life. And it shows up as some health problem. So yeah, so each session, each health issue is unique to each person. And I really, I hear messages. Um, I feel I like when I'm, I'm, I use a system that's like emotion code, but there's like thousands of emotions. And I will, I used to use muscle testing, but now it's like, I, I sense the vibration of the emotion kind of pop off the page. And it might be one, it might be multiple emotions, but someone who's had pain in whatever part of their body, you know, for years, and it's emotion-based because we're suppressing it. We're not, it's humans, Americans, we're just not really great at, and we don't feel safe, like expressing our emotions. We're getting better. Um, but yeah, so each session is, is different. I don't know if that helps, but. No, it does. It does. Because I'm pretty sure women are going to listen to this and be like, I need some clearing of my karmic patterns or entities attached to me. And then for me, one of the biggest things has been like, I get lethargic and tired very easily when I'm a generator, you know, I used to be so much so energetic. So I know like there's something going on. So for me, it's like, wow, like, no, this helps so much because it, it, it feels good to get context on how you help women. And especially it's beautiful that it's intuitively led. You don't have, I, I just cannot deal with cookie cutter coaching sessions, <laughs> everything, you know, and you are being supported by source and all your spiritual team to help a woman, you know, and then to help someone become their best version and, right. and their highest selves. And I believe yeah. like we all have that, but we have so much, layers and conditioning and programming conditioning, and past, totally. life, past life stuff that is not yeah. allowing us to be in our essence, in our truth, in our power. Yeah. And we go years and years and years. Why is my business not happening? Why can I attract love? And it's because we are not really finding the right coach or the right person to help us like delay. Yeah, and we don't have our intuition to guide us, you know, yeah. and yeah. with the generator, like, I mean, I've experienced that myself too. It's not like once it was turned on my sacral authority, it was like magic and it's always been on, you know, like if we're not feeding our sacral with things that bring us joy, that feel pleasure that we just like enjoy, if we're just doing, it's so easy for generators. My experience is like to check off our to-do list, you know, or just to get through the day. We have so much energy to give. Right. And if we're giving it to all the things that we don't really like to do, and in a business as an entrepreneur, there's like a dozen things that we got to do. And I personally just want to stay in my magic lane and have, you know, like someone else, like a back-end person, like do all the things that like, isn't really lighting me up, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so generators, we can so easily, we can get into that mode where we're tired because we're, well, one, you've got us open solar plexus. And so you're picking up on the emotions of other people. 
and it can be metaphysical and then that's draining you. Like that can be one aspect the collective energy is freaking dense. You know, it's heavy the last, I mean, for a while now. Um, and the other thing is just like, where are we committing our energy as generators? You know, I'm guilty of that too. Like if I'm not, I'm homeschooling my kids and I love my kids, but as a two line, I need a lot of alone time, Yeah, you know, and I need a lot of time to like work with my gifts. And if I don't have that, if I don't feeding myself, feeding my own, filling my own cup, you know, then, then we, we, that sacral can go back to being numb where we can't feel our intuition or we'll feel tired, you know? And I, I actually like now that you're talking about human design and things like, again, I think it's incredible that you have this knowledge because when I learn human design, I'm like, I will never hire another coach that does not know human design. Yeah, totally. It helps so much. And I'm pretty sure you get all sorts of clients, projectors, reflectors, um, manifesting generators, and they work, their energy is different, right? So it's beautiful that you also have that tool for your coaching and your um, your medicine to help someone navigate it according to how their energy works, you know, and I have it for my kids and not try to make them like a generator, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. And like just knowing my kids design, just being a mom, knowing, being able to like raise my kids to their design. I mean, that is such a freaking gift, you know, that was worth the training alone to be able to do that. My kids, like one kid thought, I thought he was a picky eater. Oh, you know, and there's judgment there, right? It's like, yeah. oh, he's just a pick. No, his super sense is taste. Is it? My super sense is touch. So it makes sense that I'm like doing all this healing stuff, you know, but his is taste. So is smell for some reason. Ah, yeah. And my other son, he doesn't, he has a closed solar plexus, but he has emotional waves. So, you know, ever since he was a baby, he would have these like storms, I would call them that would pass through. And no matter what I did as a mom, it wouldn't help. And I felt I would beat myself up. I would get mad at him or just like frustrated, you know, and now I'm like, oh, he's just having an emotional wave. You know, I mean, it's like the parenting your kids by their design. It's like so freeing, you know, and being able to love them for who they freaking are. You know, I feel like it removes the pressure that you're a bad mom or yeah. mom. I'm not a mom, but I could put myself in my roommate's body or my sister. Or you can just know in your friend's designs, you know, yeah. you know how to interact with them. You know, yeah. it's funny because when I have all the human design charts of my four nieces and my baby nephew, and two of them are emotional um, in their human design. So they have like the close soul, defined solar plexus. The yeah. other two, like four of them are manifesting generators and the other one is just a generator, but two of them have the emotional authority. So like, I understand the temper tantrums and things like that. Yeah. And I wish I was like, I wish my sister would align with this. It would help her so much not feel frustrated because she also has an emotional authority and her daughter. Oh gosh, yeah. And I was like, this is why they always like. (laughs) Yeah. And the manifester, I have two manifester kids and they're rare. You know, manifestors aren't that common. And I have two of them. So they're anger is the like out of alignment feeling for manifestors. I'm just like, oh, great. You know? But we work together because it's like, oh, I get you, you know, like, it's cool. Mm -hmm. That helps so much to know for women that are going to listen to this. And just like me knowing that you do this for your children, you're showing them a different paradigm of living, especially connected to themselves as men. Yes. Yeah. And that's my gift. Their emotions. 
yeah raising boys who are loving and kind and who treat women with respect and no you cannot that's inappropriate touch you can't do that to mom you know but just raising them to be free to express their emotions too because you know their dad like raised in a household where you know we don't we don't talk about emotions you know like so many house like so many families you know ick we can't go near that you know or you can't be caught crying in public because people are like is something wrong with her no i'm just human (laughs) You know, I wish we could get to a point where we can be accepting of our emotions because it's just energy in motion. It's just, it's got to move through us. But if we're just like suppressing it, it causes so many problems. Yeah. So one question that just popped is, um, I don't know if you're open to sharing a little bit about it, but it would help so many women because a lot lot of women follow me that are mothers and they have left relationships and they're co-parenting. How is co-parenting? with you and your ex, like their children's father, when you are so different and the other person is so different, is it like, how do you help like clean your children's energy after interaction with your, their father? Because a lot of like, I see this in my niece that when she comes back from my brother's house, like it's different from how she's raised here with my roommate. And it's like, you know, it's just this, this journey of co-parenting where two households is the two different ways of being raised. That is a super like wise evolved question, I have to say, (laughs) um, and relevant. Um, Personally, like I am going through, I won't go into too much detail because I'm going through a legal case right now, because it's just more assertion of control and power by the other parent. So it doesn't feel like co-parenting to me, but you don't have, you only have control over yourself, right? Like I wish I could get in there and change his beliefs, you know, like if I wanted to, like I could probably, I could hear his beliefs, but that's out of integrity, you know, like, so I can, I'm only in control of myself and I'm only control of my own energy. Um, but yes, my kids, um, one of them has the clo- the defined solar plexus and the other one has an open one. So you can guess which one is coming home and picking up stuff. And he does, and I'm not going to go into details because it's, um, I don't know who's going to be watching this, but he does pick up stuff from the other household. Um, and it took me a while, like we learned about this. Um, I realized this like during the pandemic because my son would come home just like angry and just like, out of sorts, you know, upset, picking fights for no reason. And he's just like this loving, peaceful, like he's such a sweet kid, you know? And then I just started making the connection that like when he would come back from over there, that he would be picking up the stuff. And my kids know how to do this work. So they have helped me with sessions with the metaphysical stuff. Like I had trained them to do this. So they're away from me for a week. And I told them, I'm like, you know how to check on your brother. And if you find stuff on them, just message me and I'll, I'll clean them off. Um, so yeah, so he does. I mean, it's, and now because I'm so self-aware and I see, and I'm just more about observing, you know, the behavior and just making observations that my son does pick up stuff and it changes his mood. It changes his personality and he comes back and we clean it off you know, and just like, Oh, like, how do you feel? You know, and a kid's like, they notice the difference, you know? And, and so they all, they work on each other. They work on me. Like if I can't get something off of me, my kids work on me. They're seven and a half and 10 and a half. My seven-year-old has been cleaning me off since he was five. Um, so for them to have these tools and just to like, and I talk about this stuff all the time with them, like if they're in a place 
or like um, he was, he has a, he had a friend at school and he was, he was having issues with him. And then I saw my third eye, my son and this other kid and this other kid, it was like, and I saw this like uh, energy being sucked from my son to the other kid. And I, and I was just learning the techniques. And I'm like, what is this? Oh my God, the kid's an energy vampire. So yeah, just, it's, it's a regular conversation with my kids. So it's like when they've been hanging out with someone and it's a repeated violation of their energy, you know, it's like, do you want to keep hanging out with that kid? We know to like, you know, clean it off every time, whether it's with like other household or with other friends. So my kids, like they can sense when something's off, they can clean it off. You know, they help, they help me in sessions. They muscle test. It's so easy for kids to muscle test because they don't second guess like us adults, <laughs> you know, they I just like, they learn it so quickly. And it's like, it's life-changing for them to know how to muscle test. They can make decisions for their higher self so easily. I just think it's so powerful. The awareness they are being raised with to have. And just that question that you ask, how do you feel? How are you yeah. feeling? Like so many kids who ask that and they're like, I don't know. I don't know. And just like, I cannot even imagine how I got chills, like how they're going to develop moving forward, how they're going to grow up as amazing men, just having so much awareness, being so connected to their bodies, their intuition, because I feel like a lot of men don't trust their their intuition. They're, they're heady, they're heady. Their hearts are blocked. Yeah, they're up in their head. So this is just like a new, beautiful way to raise men in this new paradigm, like the new masculine, you know, it's not to you, you can, you don't have to be in your head. It's okay to be in your body (laughs) and men realize that. Yeah. I mean, the sex is way better when you are. So (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah, yeah. Well, this has been wonderful. Like to one more question that I have for you, it's like, what is your truth? Like, who are you, like your essence of your core underneath everything that you have been through all the layers? What is your truth? What is my truth? Um, what do you mean? What is my truth? Like, so you have gone through so much stuff, right? And then you have healed all, like so much conditioning, programming, karmic patterns and all of that. So the person, the woman who you used to be and who are you now, what is your truth today of who you are without everything that you have healed? I just feel like I'm an unshackled version of the, my former self, you know, like, I'm just like, we're, we all want to be free. We all want to feel joy and pleasure and in our life and be guided like moment by moment to what feels good, you know? And it's like from our heart space, it can be from your sacral, but like being guided that way, instead of the clutter of our minds and the judgments and the opinions of other people. So I think that's where I am today. It's just like constantly peeling back what is dissonant to my soul. Like what doesn't serve my highest and best good, like peeling back all of that pivoting away from things that ouch, you know, they might be a baby ouch, like something energetic or person that doesn't treat me right. And, you know, having enough self-respect and self-love to like pivot away from that and pivot to things that feel good because we're here to feel good. We're here to be guided by our hearts and our heart and our sacral, you know, if you have sacral authority. So 
I think that's where I'm at today. And it's just like more and more just like moving away from things that don't feel good and moving towards things that do honor me and that feel good. Mm -hmm. Mm, That's so beautiful. So for anyone that wants to find you, that wants to connect with you um, or potentially hire you, what are the ways that people can find you and connect with you? I am uh, on Facebook, Rebecca Joel, and I'm on Instagram, I am Rebecca Joel. And then my website is I am Rebecca Joel.com. I think that's, I think that's pretty much it. Do you have any offerings that are, that are you are, that are coming up or any programs or anything that you want to share with, with my audience? Um, I offer quantum healing sessions. They're normally $200 for an hour. And right now I have an offer for 111 for an hour session, which is amazing because I try to pack in as much as I can into one session. Um, I do longer containers like a month and three months. And then I also have on my website, I have a sacral masterclass for people tuning into their sacral authority. And that's $11. And it's like packed with just all the embodiment that I've learned, like knowing your human design, like we talked about and like embodying it as two different things. And so I, I've done all these readings and people, you know, they're like, Oh yeah, this is my human design and they'll put it away, but they're not embodying it. So it's not helping them, you know, as you know, so that's a masterclass on my website. And then I have a energy hygiene class on my website too. Mm, okay. I actually want to take that one. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I do. I also, sorry, I also do soul activation readings. So human design. Mm. And then what else do I have? I don't know. Like I've got a, just a few offerings uh, on my website and I'm just starting back to doing mediumship readings because I just love those so much. So yeah, people look at my website, they can reach out with any questions. No, I do. I do remember our session. And for me, it was very powerful. And you're right, like you do offer a very safe space. And for me, being vulnerable in sharing exactly where I am as an entrepreneur. And that was literally my our session was like, I probably like two months after my divorce or was finalized or something. Uh. And I was dealing with some stuff from my ex-narcissist at that time. But where I was at that time, I didn't feel good about myself. I didn't feel fulfilled as a woman. So for me, it was very hard to show up and share that with someone. Like I can share it with my best friend and things like that. But another coach, that's very like vulnerable for me and very like scary. So when I was able to do that with you, I was like, well, I don't care. Like, I I don't care what she says about me or what she judges me. Because I always have that, you know, I'm going to be judged because I grew up with that being judged my whole life. But you're right. You're very non-judgmental. You offer a very safe space. And I was able to like share exactly what I was going through. And I think I even cried. I'm pretty sure I cried. I can't remember. I probably did too. Yeah. Yes, but it was very powerful. It was very uplifting. I felt very free and renewed after our session. So I highly recommend everyone mm. listening to reach out to you, especially if you have this beautiful offering that's a, a $111. Um, that's an amazing entryway so people can really tap into your energy and your amazing work. So I will put everything, all the information in the show notes so people can reach out to you in all the ways. Just remember, she's protected online. <laughs> she knows how to protect her energy. So, <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for being part of this conversation. Is there anything else like you feel a pull to share with my audience and for all the women listening? 
Um, I just want to say I am, I was just like right away, like in this podcast, just taken aback by your vulnerability. And I just want to say, like, I really appreciate that with you, you sharing that with women and your beautiful energy and your sharing of your, your, your story, because I just feel like more women need to be safe, feel safe being vulnerable, you know, and sharing their stories. Cause as we share our stories and as we heal, we help others heal. So it's been, I really enjoyed this. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. I feel like we all can be helped with being more vulnerable yeah. Um, because I think I got to the point that I'm like, I, I'm not, I am so imperfect and flawed and I love myself exactly as I am. And I need women to know that it's okay. If you have those hard days, if you struggle, if you're still dealing with things, you get re-triggered or re-traumatized. It's an ongoing journey. And I don't want to people to think that I have it all together because I still don't. <laughs> I'm still navigating the messy and I can still be an amazing coach. And I think a lot of coaches have that. We have that wounding that just because we're still struggling and going through things, we don't want to share that because, oh my gosh, if people hear that, they're not going to want to hire us. But for me, it's like, no, they can connect with me deeper and they can know that I got their backs and that because I'm going through this, I'm gaining so much more knowledge to make me a better coach. Because if a client comes to me, oh, I, I'm dealing with eating disorder. I'm dealing with a divorce. I'm dealing with domestic violence. I got you. I got you. I got exactly. You. I've been there. done been that. that. We're good. Yes. Yeah. I've been through that. I understand exactly where you're going through. So yes. for me, it's so 100%. better when we'll we are vulnerable and we put our stories or our struggles out there from a place of empowerment that we have moved through that. And it's just like being seen as humans. Yeah. <laughs> as our whole selves. Yes. 100%. Yes. Like this is why this is my podcast is feminine truth because being a woman, it's messy. It's chaotic. It's cyclical. It's wild. We are, we go through different emotions every day, different versions and archetypes of ourselves. And for me, it's like, embracing that honoring that and just loving ourselves exactly as we are and then I'm so blessed and grateful that you were able to be here I cannot wait to share this with my audience and thank you so much so all the details of how to connect with you are going to be in the show notes and thank you so much I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day okay thank you bye bye Thank you so much for being part of this conversation on the Feminine Truth Podcast. This podcast is for you, for me, for us, for the Feminine Collective. Thank you for spending your time and energy with us. I so, so, so appreciate it. Please, it would mean so much if you could share this in your Instagram stories, in your Facebook stories, or everywhere so this message gets spread and others can find this podcast and this conversation. And if you feel like someone needs to hear this message, please share with them. Um, I would be so grateful for you and let us know your thoughts, how this has helped you how you connected with this topic or how this has felt in your body and lastly if you feel the pull I would be immensely grateful if you could take the time to leave a review so more people can find my podcast and this conversation I'm sending you so much love and I'll see you on the next episode